No intro. We don't have one. No, I I don't think we've ever had one. And no. the real problem is uh, we're going to need one. <laughs> what? S- sometime soon. You think so? Yeah. You. Oh, I did not realize that with the changes that are coming, that would be some of them. There are changes coming. Mm-hmm. You know, I realized, and I don't often... I love talking about movies. I don't often... Decide to listen to myself talking about movies. That's right, everyone. I love to hear myself talk, but not secondhand. <laughs> and, you know, I've been thinking about, like, the future of this show and just randomly um, to just, I don't know. I was, I don't, I, don't, I don't know why. I was listening to a previous episode of this show. Yeah. And realized at, like, uh, number 14, mm-hmm. which is more than half of the life of the show ago, we were talking about how this show was not long for this world. Yeah. What are we at now? 34. Yeah. Right. I think. Uh-huh. And yeah. so um, that wasn't true. That was no, wrong. We, I was wrong. We didn't know. But maybe we should lean into that and invest in that and make this its own show. hmm Because this show, I realized... Not self-aggrandizingly, just realize that we have literally been talking about films throughout the entire existence of this ersatz quarantine yep. that's been going on. Yes. Saying it, they're, they're for your quarantine, uh, quarantainment. Yes. So clever. That's so clever. <laughs> oh, wow. We're, we're just so clever. <laughs> But going past any point of anybody believing that we should still be quarantined, even though we should, what we believe doesn't matter. Yeah, probably. And thinking it's time to make a real, it's time to make this show honest. Yeah. It's time to do something with it. And so we are transforming this show into its own show Mm -hmm. because we've been here for seven months Yeah, doing this. Giving you talk, worthless as it possibly may be, about <laughs> cinema. Yes. When we can't watch cinema. In a cinema. And every day I, you know, I'm going about my business and I realize like the shock of the death of a loved one that I can't see movies mm-hmm. in the theater. Yes. And every time it hits me in my chest yeah. like a punch. Yeah. And if anybody gets anything out of this show in terms of appreciating cinema, loving cinema, missing cinema, we have to keep doing it. Yeah. I I agree. No matter the restrictions, no matter like whether you wherever you live, wherever you if you have to wear masks or not, if you have to if you can't go out or not, if you can do whatever or not. I don't know what it is state to state, but you know, we're going through this thing. It's continuing. It's going to continue. We were all wrong. Whatever mm-hmm. our intentions were about how long this would last, it's yeah. still going. It's going to keep going. And all we can do is support each other and just keep 
keep the faith, if you will, keep, you know, keep, <laughs> keep the, the, the rules, uh, the conscientiousness about how harmful it is. Right. And trying not to, you know, hurt ourselves, hurt other people. Yes. That's all we can do. Right. And so since we are just in a hot room here together, you know, we can send something out to you that uh, maybe if you're getting out on 5G, I don't, I don't know how the rules work, but it can infect you. <laughs> All it can do is just infect you with love of cinema. We hope. And so we got to keep doing it. Yes. And so for that reason, we're going to spin a, an entire new show off of it. Um, containing all the shows, the podcasts that we've already done for this, mm-hmm. but Covideos will be its own thing soon. Yes. And so, um, you know, if you've been listening, uh, keep listening, but, you know, you can go to our speaker page. Um, maybe in the future we can talk about um, links or somewhere that you can find it, but we yes. this will be its own show. It'll have its own feed. It'll right. be on iTunes, uh, Google, whatever's stitcher you know we're gonna we're gonna make this into its own thing Mm -hmm. and so um updates on that uh as that progresses but uh yeah we're we're locked in (laughs) literally well maybe we should be literally it's not a lock you know (laughs) junior higher um i just feel like every week i say you know i don't don't know how long we're gonna do this and uh, i got my answer um until it's over yeah, right. We're and doing we don't know when that, when, we don't know when that is. No. There's no way to predict. And we watch Dr. Zhivago. <laughs> That's the the last episode? I've, I've talked about it. You already. have talked about that before. You I should have already hold out for that. Matched me with that and picked your own. Oh. Final film. Mm. I'll have to think about that. I don't have one for you. Um <sighs> Well, I didn't know that we were going to be talking about this. I talked about this weeks ago. You think that would have inspired you to say, yeah, you know, I think about uh, the movie that I'm uh, kind of worried or uh, hesitant to watch because of the importance of it or just, just whatever. I, you, Like I said, I'll have to think about it. Uh, so... I don't have anything for you. You should have been thinking about yes, it. Yes, I understand what you're saying, That's but I point. didn't. So let's move on, shall we? Hey, man, I didn't do my homework. Screw you. <laughs> That's kind of like, it's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, teach. Why don't you climb up on top of your ruler and sit on it? Look, we didn't sit down and be like, now you have to pick one or you should pick one. It was or implied. you should think about it. It was implied. Not really. Just to just so you know, we'll be spinning this off so you can hear us argue forever. Not about important things, not about movies, just about the Stupid the putting thing. together of the show. No. Which which one person is committed to, the other person, eh, not so much. What? Come on. That's not fair. No who's a dummy. Yeah, alright. No who's a dummy. Yeah. The movie I picked is nineteen ninety nine's Cradle Will Rock. A movie that is still in the high 60s on whatever your rating thing yeah. is. Yeah. And I would say to them, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I get not being a theater kid. Mm-hmm. I get not understanding the importance of theater and a movie which, you know, you can watch other films that have to do with theater or acting or whatever. But let me tell you true. 
And I think my broadcasting partner is going to pick up where I leave off. But few films or filmed entertainments communicate more or better what it is to to act and to do something. And I don't mean oh, I can't remember my lines or what do I where no. where do I go in? I mean right. like what or it I means. I want to be a star. What it means to do that. Yes. And how and many actors don't ever experience this, but how like um experiences um circumstances um situations can affect um what you just wanting to do it and things getting in the way of it or the strange significance that can just arise emergently right uh, when you're doing just some dumb show and then suddenly it means way much more yes than you thought it possibly could yeah and um, that is all tied up in a movie which will experience its 20th anniversary in December, which will be after the election. And so currently I'm weighing how we tackle this on Just Enough Trope. Oh. Um, before the first week of first Thursday in November, probably. Uh, I, it, maybe it will have a point. I feel like it'll either be quaint or more important than ever after the first Thursday in November. But uh, yeah. but we're talking about it right now on this show, which is separate. It's a separate show. <laughs> so who knows? Decisions <laughs> will be made. What happens in Credible Rock? Oh, so much. Um, so um, this film takes place in um, 1936 in America. And um, it's it says at the beginning it's mostly based on true a uh, true true stories, um, but there's a lot of different things that are ta- that are happening right now. Um, there is um, uh, the you're gonna have to help me with some of the names. I'll do the it. the um, federal um, theater uh, project project. Thank you. Wow, uh, federal theater project. Um, uh, it, it has been doing uh, theater, uh, but but they're um, and they're they're helping support um, actors and people who do theater who have been out of work, um, and uh, you know largely because of the De- Great Depression. And right around the same time, later on in the film, um, is kind of they are bringing people in. They're they're trying to find communists. Um, and yeah, this isn't uh, like the HUAC hearings that people would think of, you know, like the Red Scare, right? Tailgunner Joe, uh, have you no decency, sir, of the 50s. This, but you know, this was going on for a while, yes. Um, and so yeah, it's uh, more, um, it's in the 30s, it's yeah, the uh, precursor to that, and you know, really, really horrible stuff. Um, it also led by Harris Eulin. God, I love Harris Eulin. He's alive still. I could get him. I'm gonna get him. Uh, okay. I'm gonna get him. Oh, for my Star guy, Trek one of the show. guys on the on the court. Yeah. The judge in Ghostbusters too. <laughs> if we need a if we need a white judge, yeah, because this is it's their guy. because it's not progressive and it's not a um, Hispanic uh, female judge. I'm not complaining about that. Just when you see a judge or something, it's a black or Hispanic female. Fine. Yeah. Right. But anyway, an old timey judge. 
get me Harris Eulin. Right. Uh, a guy who was a, a, a Cardassian Nazi on DS9, get me Harris Eulin. <laughs> Love Harris Eulin. Very small part in this, however. Yeah. Was he which was he the, the four lights guy in, in Travis? No, that, no, that was David Warner who oh. also Okay. Who which Cardassian was he? In? He was the guy that he ran the Galatep camp and uh uh Kira they kept they got him they didn't capture him but they just got him because he's like, well, this is a Cardassian who might have been involved in the war and then later on Kira finds out that but he's not who he oh says he Oh my god, was, right? this guy was like the Mengala of Cardassia, and he's like plays into it, and then more spoilers, it turns yes. out he okay. wasn't yep. that yes. guy. He was just some nobody, but he pretended to be that guy because he, because to be he had this weird obsession about the Cardassians being punished for what they did to the Bajorans. Yes. Watch DS9, guys. Yeah, DS9 is great. Stop movies. Um, Make yeah, a DS9 there's... movie. We're talking about DS9. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, it's, it's a <laughs> like huge cast. I know. 10 minutes of I the know. movie. Um, Come th- on, get it done. Shush. Um, and uh, Hank Azaria is writing a play, a hey, musical. Hey, homo, we're going bowling. Yeah, um, right, right. And it's about uh, prostitutes and unions and capitalists and. Steel. Steel. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Mister. Yeah, Mr. Mister, which I thought was great. Uh, and his inspiration is Brecht, which I think is great, too. But anyways. He knew Brecht. Yeah, he knew Brecht? Yeah, they, he produced. Oh, right, 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 right. He produced Three Penny Opera. I mean, look, if you just skip to 31 minutes if you don't care about old-timey theater. But yeah, he knew Brecht, worked with him, and he produced Three Penny Opera, uh, opera Off-Broadway. Um I don't know if, if there was ever an on-Broadway production of Three Penny Offer, but off-Broadway seems like question. the perfect way to do it, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I was in a production of Three Penny in college. We know that. Oh, do we? Anyways. <laughs> don't um, we? <laughs> I don't know, but the, the play uh, gets approved by... Um, it, it, all the stories are interconnected, uh, but the, the play is going to be uh, directed by... Orson Welles, who is incredibly eccentric and yada, yada, yada. Um, Let's see what else is going on. Um, There are some ridiculously ridiculous rich white people who have lots of money and literally have white people, rich white people problems and throw their money around and are kind of ridiculous. The wife is cooler because she likes theater. Anyways. Uh, and there's a weird protege guy. Um, they're rich, but they're also um, steel magnets who yes. are hanging out and talking to... Yes. Uh, Hearst? No, not... Well, yeah. Hearst is there, but also mm-hmm. Nelson Rockefeller. Yes, and Rockefeller, And then yeah. also um, Margarita something-something, who is yes. the American envoy of uh, Mussolini. Yes. Yeah. And also, uh, Rockefeller um, hires Diego Rivera to paint uh, a mural in his the lobby of his building. Real uh, mural. Real mural. Yep. Frida Kahlo is also there, kind of in the background. A lot of little drop-ins by uh, famous people. Yes. Yeah. Um, what? I don't am, know. You're burning time. And I... Oh, and then... Um, there, uh, there's another lady who works for helping people get jobs in the, in the federal theater project who is super excited about 
speaking at the communist uh, hearings because she thinks that there really are communists in in theater, and she thinks that they should not be there. Right. Uh, and, and there's a ventriloquist too. And dating Negroes. Right. And being anti-fascist. And being anti-fascist. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. When Tim Robbins, who, let's face it, this movie is stacked with the Hollywood left. Yeah. To the point, <laughs> right? Yeah. When I say Hollywood, you, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. To the point where Joan and John Cusack are playing the bad guys in this movie that is pro-union, pro-left, yep. pro-anti-fascist, yes. everything you want. Uh, that was all that was left. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, I mean, they could have been like, oh, I could, I, could, I could play Orson Welles. No, you can't, John Cusack. But John Cusack was smart enough to be like, all right, fine. I look like a white, you know, oppressor. I'll play... Uh, Nelson Rockefeller. Fine. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, there was another movie, actually. What, what, what? I can't remember what movie it is, but... No, you know what? It was Frida. I think it was Frida. Mm. The scene where Rockefeller goes to God, it's been talk so long since to I've seen that movie. Yeah. Um, uh, Diego Rivera yeah. and be like, do this do this mural for me and make it fun. Yeah. Um, that's Essentially, that exact same scene happens in... Frida. Right. Well, something very similar must have happened. I think it's Frida. Uh-huh. And um, um, I, I am Jack's complete lack of concern about the left in, uh, what's his name? Edward Norton plays yes. Nelson Rockefeller. Oh, right. And it's like the exact same scene. Yeah. But anyway, this this movie is about the one time... In history, when the government, the U.S. government, yes. decided that theater was important yes. enough yes, yes, yes. to fund. Mm-hmm. And it immediately was torn apart yes. by Republican senators yes. who didn't like what the theater was coming up with. because Too powerful and scary ideas. Mm-hmm. And if yep. you didn't get it, my one drawback to the movie, remember one time when the movie's like, all right, movie, all right, you're drunk, go home, is in the third act when... All the capitalists get together in their um, Louis the Sixteenth costumes, <laughs> I will too. with the stick-on yeah. <laughs> moles, yeah. and they're like, "We can support theater. Keep it non-political. Keep keep your politics out of my Star Trek. Why are you right, making right, it political? Right, right. Do, and, we don't want politics in our art. Yeah, because artists are whores. We'll just yeah. give them money. It's right. fine. Yeah, it's like all right. But I th- we were tracking you up to this point." At this last point, you're like, oh, all the leftists are drunk on what we're giving them. Now we got to reach the real audience and go, yeah, right. oh, fuck, fuck these guys. Like, what it's like, like, we all got it before. I know. And, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Like, and then, like, Hearst But they're all like, going to a French Revolution costume party. I know. And then Hearst was, like, dressed as, like, a cardinal, too. I just was like. Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, my God. And uh, and uh, Marion Davies is literally like Maria yeah, Antoinette. Yeah, 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 yeah. This movie literally starts, this movie is about theater. It is. Um, it's about theater of the time, but it's about theater in general. And when the producer is fighting with the director and the actors are all like, all right, whatever. And the one guy who should probably retire already, but is so yes. old. But he's trying to remember his lines. Yes. You've been there. I have. I was, was saying that we've all been there, but like you've been there if you've if you've done theater. Yes. It literally starts on stage, and it, fittingly, in that, you know, the main character or ostensibly the the central thematic character is not an actress, but she's sleeping, 
you know, on a pile of uh, curtains yes. or just tack like backstage and they're broadcasting newsreels yes. narrated by Tim Robbins, writer, oh, director, huh. uh, on reverse, you know, yes, on, I liked the, that on they did that. the screen that they have are making the theaters into movie theaters. Yeah. But it literally starts on stage. Yes. You know, and ends on backstage. stage. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Backstage. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was really amazing. Um, Angus McFadden, who does not. Where is this guy? This guy is incredible. He was the bad guy in Equilibrium. Don't worry about it. <laughs> a, movie I, no, a movie nobody saw that Emily Watson was in, by the way. Honestly, uh, I like Equilibrium. I but, think it's underrated. You know, but. later on, they got... Uh, um, boop, 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 boop. One of the uh, SVU shows, Ding Dong, uh, 7.62. So, uh, I, I, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I want to help you. Give me something to work with. I, I, I don't. He was, uh, look, he wanted sugar in Men in Black. I can't remember. I don't do names anymore. That My brain is too gone. But he okay. wanted sugar in Men in Black. Now you know at home who oh, I'm talking about. Oh, the alien guy, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, he was, in Ed Wood, he was um, Orson Welles. And they got um, Maurice LaMarche or whatever to do his, his voice. Yeah. In this, they just cast Angus McFadden, who is, you know, what's his name, right? Like he's a Scottish actor or whatever. Yeah. But uh, just nails Orson Welles. Yeah. Um, just very eccentric, um, uh, passionate and crazy. Um, and it's a film where there's great dialogue, but it's it's clear. I actually think that it was all, I mean, Tim Robbins, like, wrote this right i think so like tim I robbins don't think this was what do you think about tim robbins you know he definitely channeled his self and his politics into a couple films mm-hmm. um he didn't direct or write a lot but um bob roberts which one day we might do on this show um this like it i, I think it was probably all written but he clearly gave the actors latitude to do stuff i think so yeah and and there's a lot of scenes where we're just kind of moving around and things are happening, but all the actors are yelling at each other or complaining or following their, you know, their sort of North Star from a dialogue perspective. Yes. And yeah, I just really impressed by Angus McFadden, a guy who in Orson Welles is mad about this new, and I'm presuming it's new, but new thing with unions and acting. Yeah. Right. We're in the middle of a scene here. And then Jamie Sheridan's like, that's, Break ten right. ten minutes smoke break. Yeah, he's like, and then when everybody finally comes back, or he finally comes back because he yes. stormed off the set, they all have to go through like this lecture where he's like, "We're making art here, people. We're 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 we're, we're channeling yes. emotions and we're doing yes. stuff." And and it's not about like, oh, now I get to take a rest here. You, you know, know, there is no rest break. when it comes right. to yeah <laughs> to, to to birthing art. Yeah, and we're right. like, okay, fine. Can we start rehearsing again, please? Right. Yeah. I know, and he, he was like, "Well, if you if that's what you think, that it's not really in your blood, and it's not, you yeah. know, it's not really." Yeah. We're doing Macbeth with Negroes here. Yeah, I know. Come on, <laughs> and and that's what's on on display. That's what's on sale. But the things that are behind, there's so the little parts just steal everything. Mm-hmm. Like Carrie Elwes, oh my god, is not the hero of the film. No, but he is the producer. Yes, and he. He steals 
the show. He steals every part of it. He really does. With everything he does. He nails it. And they go to like the 21 Club and they're, you know, and it's ostensibly to, so we've hired Mark Blitzstein. I'm Orson Wilde. I'm, I'm half in the bag and I love your your show. Yeah. And we're going to do this. It's about unions. But Mark Blitzstein's like, oh, great. We're at a super rich Manhattan club. Are you, I'm a communist. Do you think I'm going to like this? Right. And they start having like a f- sort of friendly, well-intentioned fight at the table and as they're doing it like and then the uh, Vernissa Redgrave the countess yes. who is completely oblivious to her wealth and privilege yes she's an ally I guess everybody right she's like oh my god Wilson, Orson Welles is over there she's like what are you guys doing and Carol's <laughs> is like we're establishing an interminable relationship for our creative process <laughs> yeah it's just he he totally steals it um this this movie is so early and so crazy that Paul Giamatti is like in the second round of alphabetical billing. Yeah, he's not even in the main thing. No, and yeah, early and for he, him. In some and, ways. and 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 a film that is not afraid to criticize uh, artistic personages. It's not afraid to humanize people who are like, I don't like these Negroes dating white people. Right. You know, there is no real quote unquote bad guys in this, but there is. There are good movements and bad movements. Yes. And Joan Cusack, no matter how, how how heartfelt she is about what she's doing, she's doing the wrong thing. Yes. And the movie knows that. And the people who are cast in the roles opposite her like know that. And so we can't hate her as a person. But it's like, honey, you don't, you don't get what's going on here. You don't no, understand. You don't understand. Yeah. And I think even, even when she goes to work like the next day after testimony – after giving her testimony and like 20% they had to cut people 20% so they they couldn't hire anybody that day which can't be totally attributed to her but no, at the same time but yeah like you're it, it, right it can't be totally attributed to her but but your actions have consequences and you can't okay fine you said your truth but you know what our truth is not paying attention to you is not <laughs> um you know is is giving you like letting you know we don't appreciate that yeah. you're not supporting us so why do we have to support you yeah yeah um <sighs> wow that an- i don't know it's that a time- anti-fascist one really stung it's that a- really stung oh but dating negroes no, well okay. no that's stung too it, of course it's a time of art and politics mm-hmm. and we're launching a show based on communism, comrade. Uh, I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, it's a time of art and politics, and it's weird to think that even in the the late 30s, nearly 100 years ago, 90 years ago, a bunch of old white guys would look at some plays about beavers and say, "Yeah, right. Um, you Children's are place. in the wrong and criminal." Because of the things that you... Who is this Aristophanes and where can we find him? Right. It's terrifying to think how far we haven't come since then. I was... Yes. That rang true. Very true. And when... This. And this is this is full on liberal. And I, yeah. I, I, I want to say left, but I really want to say liberal. Like liberal NPR tote bag latte liberal. Mm-hmm. But the themes are left how much you do or do not commit to them. Mm-hmm. And this was made in 1999 where, you know, we had a, you know, a democratic president yeah. and, um, 
we we didn't know what we were getting into. What nine eleven? And we didn't know. Speaking of today, what we would was get just into around the corner eventually. Yeah. Um, and it just makes it like this movie could have faded away, but it just I don't know why people aren't talking about this movie. It's more relevant than it's ever been. I think that people don't remember now that it. the cops are the Pinkertons. Mm-hmm. The Pinkertons were hired for and worked for the the interests, the capitalist interests. Now the cops just do that. Right. Protect that property. Get well, in front even... of that footlocker. And when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Right. Mark Blitzen would throw up on your pants. Yeah. If he hadn't been murdered for being gay in the early 60s. Awesome. Yeah. Can't um, happen here, though. Yeah. What else you got? Um. Well, I mean, I, I just I just wanted to... Diego Rivera's, like, mural... Oh my god! Like so much stuff going on in it, but like you know, like the <sighs> protesters, the the well, they weren't even necessarily protesters, were they? Well, no, they 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 were labor union workers being um, attacked by police. Um, uh, you know, something else that we're we're seeing today. Yeah, Ruben Blades plays uh, Diego Rivera. Um, that all really happened. Rockefeller hired. Uh, Digger Rivera to do a mural what in a Rockefeller freaking waste. Center, and he didn't like it. And I, I, I'm sure it was it was probably protested. I don't know, it, you know, the if it was like that, but right. And they, you know, destroyed it all. Um, I don't think they left a single <laughs> syphilis cell. I, I, I did like a little that more nod. thematic than real, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and um, I mean, okay, he put freaking Lenin on. Yeah, but in what, the mural, but, yeah, but there's workers there. There are there are cops beating down strikers. I know. Like it, I, know. I, I like how Lenin was the focus. Right. We can't have this face on there. And he's like, oh, look, I'll put Lenin over here. I'll put Abraham Lincoln over yeah, there. Yeah, right. I don't want to, but that's what you want, I guess. Right. But, but Lenin stays. That was not okay. Um, <sighs> there's a line in the film, or actually in the musical, about how it's like things are getting up there and like you know it's the thing you never care to see until there's a showdown and uh that's just like minneapolis early june mm-hmm. <laughs> it just doesn't it's all nothing has changed nothing has changed uh let's just blow through the rest we got, we're, we're over time uh, okay, here. okay so, okay uh, i've got a couple I other like, things i want to say okay me and then you and then me and then you and then me and then you and then probably me at 20 times uh i liked how uh at the birth of his at the birth of my son, uh, his family comes in to see the baby, John Turturro, who talked to that guy too. This is so great. Uh, Why isn't he more in more stuff? I guess he does a lot of stuff with the Cohen brothers. I don't know. But... He's in a ton of stuff, but yeah, yeah most of Cohen brothers stuff. Yeah. But he's not, they're like, uh, oh, we love the shadow. How come you aren't the shadow? And he's like, that's not how it works. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I liked that you're lazy. Too. You should wait on a line. And he's like. Uh, you read for a part. You try. You yes. audition for a part. You don't wait online. <laughs> like I've had that conversation with my family many times. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, I understand too. Um, I um, really liked uh, Sherry Jones in this film a lot. Another, Why isn't she in more stuff? I know. Well, apparently she was in The Handmaid's Tale, and she she's run in a couple oh, yeah. of Emmys like recently. And she was oh, in no. Succession, yeah. and like yeah. so she's doing stuff and everything. But yeah, she should be in more stuff because yeah. she's fantastic. And um, I'm assuming 
the the role that she was playing, who is the the lady who is in charge of the um um the, WPA. Yeah, the WPA. I'm, I'm assuming she or was the, a real person. Yeah, yeah. Federal theater. Yeah, federal theater project. I'm assuming she was a real person. Yeah. Uh, I I thought the character was fantastic. Too. Yeah, like and somebody it, who's like a real and I don't know if Tim Robbins would and enthusiastic and, yeah. and yep 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 wanted more. I don't theater. know if Tim Robbins would agree with this or wrote this 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 way, but she was like the perfect liberal. Like she her she would have the biggest tote bag because she's like sure <laughs> yeah. let's get this play about beavers it's just about beavers and it's like it's about beavers grabbing guns and uh forcing the other beavers the capitalist beavers out of the are you this naive yeah i love like her, i think her naivete was part of the character and it was perfect yeah. but it's just so you know she would if if cherry jones's character was alive today is it cherry would, jones yeah cherry okay i thought it was sherry for some reason All right, maybe cherry. it's pronounced sherry i don't know i don't know okay uh if she was alive today that character she would be like the person on facebook that's like we get it with the liberal memes maybe i'll just mute you for 30 days <laughs> do you know what i mean i yes. felt like her and her little cadre of like bespectacled people were supposed to be like the voice of reason but i just saw like the voice of like a sorkin show where it's like oh. this is the way it should be and it's like but it's but it's not that way i know it should be that way yeah but you just going huh, they don't get it is not that leads to Donald Trump. Let's skip to the end. What do you think about Tenacious D having a funeral for a dummy in modern Times Square? Um, I was going to say when you were talking about the thing that was too much for you was the that the end with the rich people being all like uh, artists are whores. That was kind of the thing that was too much for me. Like. I think I've never a... seen a show on Broadway. <laughs> yeah. You have. I have. Several. Yes. And so my thing is, is that a moment of triumph where they go, we thought theater, that was it. But guess what? Here it is. Or because it couldn't be them. This is not also a funeral for the great white way. Like, look at the M&M store. What's happened here? It It has to be celebratory, right? Like, it has to be like... But look at it now. Now you can see uh, Cats. Now you can see uh, Sunset Boulevard every day on Broadway. Because, and we all argue, look, here's the thing about any communist group you go to, they're all about to kill each other, right? Because they're all arguing different things. Uh, I would argue, uh, is that good? <laughs> like, I is, would argue that too. Is you reviving Miss Saigon for the 10th time? Really uh, honoring the beavers? I think I might have... <laughs> mentioned this on something before but i i love um phantom of the opera and i saw it on broadway and it was tired um yeah so that might have been what they were trying to say but i it's think so that's freaking what somber well i think that's what they're trying to say that we will you know we shall overcome but you know this is 1999 it's pre-m store but the thing that you're placing your End the funeral somewhere else. Why, like, don't go to Times Square. Time, come on. That's my, that's, I don't know. That's the one thing that doesn't age well for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a little much They've to launched do the a funeral anyway. A ship that will sail directly to the theater playing The Lion King. Yeah. All right, we're done. Uh, wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. One more, one more thing. 
Also, you know, we we, we just did a a movie about a woman testifying for a congressional panel who had to be careful about what she said. And they're like, oh, so you play this movie about uh, uh, people uh, rising up. That's okay." And she's like, no, no, I would stop at the overthrow of the U.S. government. And they're like, oh, you just do it by degrees then. Yeah. And she doesn't say anything. And I'm like, is this Hillary Clinton? Oh, my God. Is that what we're doing here? Because the point is that liberals can't meme and they also can't understand. They can't respond to completely stupid questions like that, which is. So what you're saying, Senator, is you think that art can express ideas that you don't agree with. That's what you're saying, right? You love blue. So no art can be red. Is that what you're saying, Senator? Right. But they never do that. Because they think that not responding is the best response. And it's not. No, they just think that responding in a way that, you know, acknowledges either consciously or unconsciously uh, what is. They can't subtext. Mm -hmm. That's why they can't meme. Okay. We need to move on. I, I can we say one. Can I say one more thing before we move on? I so they're told that they they're barred from the theater. They can't do on the show. And then uh, Hank Azaria is going to do the entire show um, by himself. And then TikTok. one one by one, by one, all of them like stand up and they do the show. And it's just. I cried all the way through it. It's so moving. Yep. It's um really powerful. And it reminds you, it reminded me of why theater is so important to me and why I, you know. As long as it doesn't advocate for the overthrow of the u.s government right (laughs) what was your movie well um my movie was uh quite different um can you believe we left 20 minutes for your jumbo is it only 20 minutes yes how did that happen because we were talking about (laughs) the cradle rock uh tell us about your jumbo no that's your job but you don't, okay, yeah, well, let's get to it. We don't have any time. Yeah. Yojimbo, 1961, a ronin, that is a samurai without a lord, walks into a town and finds out that it's uh, a pretty weird town. Yeah. A um, The guy that ostensibly runs the town, that's a crime boss who brews, so- no, he he uh, basically owns uh, the silk production of yes. the town, uh, is being confronted by another guy who brews sake and has opened a gambling den who wants to take over the town as well. And this Ronin goes, huh, a lot of people need to die here and uh, plays them both off of each other. um, Yada, yada, yada. uh, A conflagration that will raise this town to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. We have talked, maybe not on this show, definitely on just enough trope, but before about how this is, Essentially, an adaptation of the Dashiell Hammett novel *Red Harvest*. I, okay. Uh, this is a noir novel. Yes. Uh, where um, I think you talked about it Akira, on backtracking. Uh, oh, <laughs> thanks for the plug. Yeah. Where Akira Kurosawa is like, "It's a great story. We're gonna do it. You want to sue me? Fly over the Pacific. Let's do this." <laughs> and just did it basically, and it was so good and so successful that it was essentially. Uh, Re-re-stolen uh, for A Fistful of Dollars. Uh, the Spaghetti Western starring Clint Eastwood that literally features the line, get get four coffins ready. Sorry, I guess I should have been five. 
The man with no name wanders into a town that's being controlled by two different uh, crime lords, basically, and plays them off each other, yada, yada, yada. Gotcha. Yep. Nice. Um, fantastic. Um, just absolutely loved it. The, the entire thing. Like, Kurosawa um, is his... Uh, style is is iconic right and like he he has his um just the way his, he tells a story through cinema 1961 is... this movie came out yes and when you watch it and you think about like okay so like 1961 like you know black and white um we're not even to the odd couple yet that's 67 just going off the movies we talked about in this show yeah um <laughs> roman holiday was in the 50s right yeah um, his possession, like his self-possession of the camera and yeah. what he's showing you yes. and, and where it goes and the angles are unbelievable. And he yeah. was doing that in 1950 when he made Rashomon. Mm-hmm. He was doing things yes. that America, American directors could or wouldn't do. For years, mm-hmm. and it's just yeah, it's um, it's like this guy was born with a camera. I pity his mother. <laughs> but it was a dolly shot, though. Oh, stop it! Um, great visual, like you, we were saying, great visual storytelling. But like, um, the the characters in this are great. The performances are great. Um, is uh, Mufune is is I'm I'm assuming he's the Ronin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fantastic. Um, just. Not like not like a bad guy, but not necessarily a good guy either, and I can really appreciate that. It's a guy that, like, he walks into, you know, and there are, uh, Yojimbo is uh, is this movie, Sanjuro is a sequel to this film. I believe there's only one sequel. Is he, is it the same character then? Yes. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, you can assume, but like in this movie, they go, what's your name? And he says, it's Sanjuro something something, because he's looking at... He's looking out at the field. A mulberry field, yes. and that means mulberry field. Yes. And so he never really has a, a name, but in the second film, it's called Senjuro because he just takes that as his name. Does he, I don't know what off the top of my head what Yojimbo means. Um, it means bodyguard. Uh, bodyguard. Maybe? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, that's what it means. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, but just like he just kicks everybody's butt. Um, yeah. but it's like the sword fighting. Um, it's great, but it's kind of like. It's not like a lot of really realistic blood, which is fine. And it's like, but it's like just, he just slashes like somebody once and they're dead. You yeah. Know it's, what I it's, mean? it's quick. It's the kind of, it, it like, it's the kind of violence that like the, the, it, it isn't, it's not violence for no sake. It's, it's the story elevates to a point where it can only be resolved with violence. Right. And then the violence happens and it's swift and blinding. And then we have to deal with the, um, the aftermath or the effects of the violence. Mm-hmm. So there's the whole thing where um, one of the crime lords, um, as a bargaining tool, has kidnapped this woman. Yes. And at, and the movie does a great job of like filling you in as you go. There isn't like right. a ton of exposition. Um, there, we go, who's this woman? And then a guy and a kid show up and go, no, mommy, or whatever. And, you, and right. then later on you learn like, oh, the, the guy who is ultimately in charge of the gambler clan or whatever mm-hmm. has is in love with this woman who um, 
the this guy who's like a farmer or whatever has got into debt with him and had to sell his wife to this guy, which yeah, is terrible. Right. And so they know she's a bargaining chip, so they put her in this house that's outside of town. And the Ojimbo is like, all right, well, let's go out there. And then he goes out there and just he murders everybody mm-hmm. just in yes. 30 seconds, just kills everyone. And then comes back out and goes, all right, now get out of here. Here's your wife. Get out of here. And goes back in and go, and then he goes like, oh, I'm going to stage this crime scene yes. because he's been playing these guys off of each other. And currently he's like pretending to be like loyal to this guy. Yes. And so everybody shows up and he's like, oh, my God, check this out. Oh, wow, what happened here? <laughs> And so, yeah, like it's, th- you know, the threat of violence is always there. There are other films that have like long running samurai battles with, you know, swords and stuff like that. But this isn't that necessarily. It's just like things are building up until, okay, well, the solution to this is, you know, cut the Gordian knot with a samurai sword, right. kill a bunch of people, and then now what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. And what happens. As a consequence of him doing that, saving that family, yes. is that eventually the guy who he's working for is like, this guy's not working for us. And they capture him and beat the crap out of him. Mm-hmm. And now we've got like a new level of tension here. It's just, it's just yeah, it's just like designed and built so well. It is. Off it's... of that novel. Yeah. Which has been made into a movie several times. You know, uh, Fistful of Dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Bruce Willis version of it oh. from the 90s called Last Man Standing. Ha! Huh. That is, tr- tries to, in its own way, cleave more to the uh, the 20s, 30s uh, version of the original novel where okay. everybody has Tommy guns and hats and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the Code Brothers should have done this. They did their own version of this with Miller's Crossing. Mm-hmm. But the Code Brothers should have done Red Harvest. Right, right, right. It just had been already there. Oh, it's been done. Right. Japanese guy did it. It's right, been done. Right. We don't need to do this. Right. I, I, one thing, other thing I like about this movie so much is that the vast majority of the characters, even like the smaller parts, they're, they're such, they're so fully realized and mm-hmm. they're so like well ridiculous and strange and like you, everybody has their own internal life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like they have their own story, their own. You know, I'm sure they. It was. It just. It just pops. Yeah. Um, and I want to mention. It starts with a dog carrying a severed hand. <laughs> with a severed hand in his mouth, and it's like, it's well, like, this is a weird town. All right. Well, stakes have been raised. What's gonna happen now? Yeah. How do I get out of here? Um. So one of the the leaders of the gangs, I think it's the the gambling gang. Uh, he uh. The, the the leader has two um, younger brothers, and the youngest one, one of them is... Unoichi kinda, and Inoichi. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. Um, and one of them is kind of dumb, and the other one is really violent and crazy. Yep. And both of them are really great. Um, but, but the really violent and crazy one, he's like, he's almost got like, it works, it all works, but it's like almost too many affectations. But but I think it all works. You know, like he kind of like tucks his hands inside the his his kimono, which uh, Yojimbo does too, and like I think other people do as well. But he also like it's very strange. He like holds up one side of his kimono with one of his hands. Yeah, it's very stylized. Yeah, and um 
And then he also just has a pistol that he's just waving around and shooting in everybody's face whenever the hell he gets a chance. He's great. But I was watching it and I was thinking he comes across as being slightly more modern to me. I think it's because of the way they chose to do his hair because his hair is, while it's kind of long and back, it's short up front. He's got a fringe. Yeah. Yeah, And everybody else's is pulled back. Yeah. So I think it just kind of comes across as looking more modern. And yeah, I mean, he has a gun. This is, right. you know, this is a, a, a Sengoku film. Like this is set in the time of the samurai, but it's definitely nearer the end of the time of the samurai um, coming on to the Meiji period, you know, mm-hmm. where things will change a lot. Uh, that character is played by the actor uh, Tatsuya Nadaki, who plays um, Ryunosuke in my favorite samurai film, Sort of doom, which we will definitely do one day on this show, Ooh. and that his—that's that's enticing. His desperate but blank stare, like his uh, his crazy but focused eyes, yeah, is the entire. Um, that that is the uh, the the north star of the sword of doom, and that is um, an amazing film, and we will definitely talk about that in the future on the show, but not today. Uh, what else? Um, I I love the old man who we I think we finally <laughs> like we learned his name at the end, but he's kind of a curmudgeon, but like he's he, just look, he's got an in. Yeah. Or, or, you know, or, or, or a Restaurant, bar or whatever. whatever. He's yeah. just, he's just trying to give people some a little sake, a little rice. Yeah. There's no business because everybody's killing each other. Yeah. And he's really upset about that. And Freaking coffin makers. And, they're, the and, and the coffin money. maker is, yeah. keeps banging on the coffin. It's yeah. like, come on. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and then like the crazy mayor who doesn't do anything and like except bang on his prayer drum. And then the how, most blood in the movie. <laughs> how much is David Milch indebted to Yojimbo with Deadwood? Yeah. Think of E.B. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Think of the mayor yeah. slash yeah. hotelier yeah. of Deadwood. Warring gangs. Yeah. Yeah. But there is no there is no uh Yojimbo no. in Deadwood. No, there's no Yojimbo in uh, Deadwood. Instead we have, you know, Bullock. Right. Who is... Who preserves law and order for the most part. <laughs> yeah, well, but in his own way. Yeah. And he is he is a samurai of sorts. Yeah. Uh, he is a person who is... Um, uh, he is committed to the rule of law. And we don't have that. And it, it I'm not criticizing anything. It makes sense because the point of Yojimbo is that, like, law has broken down. And mm-hmm. in this age, this, you know, quote-unquote, dark heroic age... The only thing left is, you know, a Ronin who, um, like the Yojimbo, like Senjuro, who is, why, why does he care? You know, he cares in a weird way because when 30 men want to kill 30 other men, he sits up in the bell tower and is like, oh, it's all right. Where's the popcorn? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. he has a weird way of trying to keep the peace or to make the justice, but in, the old West tale of Deadwood, it, it's a fight between like the rule of law, which is often represented by people like Stephen Tobolowsky, who is completely corrupt. Right. You know, there is one man who wants to do what 
the quote-unquote right thing. And then there's guys like Swearingen who is like, look, I want to do the right thing, but it's a thing where I'm going to slit a horse throat sometimes. You right. know what I mean? Because, like, that's what's good for the community. Right. But, like, th- that doesn't exist in Yojimbo. It's just Sanjuro is like, I'm going to come out from the outside and, like, rate this town. Hmm. Two stars. Not a great town. <laughs> Two? But wow. well, you know, it, hey, look, they got sake. Uh, but I, but I'm gonna try to set things right. Yeah. Uh, but there is no, the, you know, the only person that we see from the authorities and the government is the government guy that comes in is palanquin, and then he has tea, uh, and then the guy yeah. comes out. <laughs> the official bribe comes out. The guy comes out. And get, Little little bundle there, little, little bundle, bundle there, there, little bundle there, and the government officials all get their cut, and they just take off, and it's like, oh, we're getting no help here. Like you are the only guy. Yeah. Well, I love how they. It, not only do they take their cut, it, it just slowly disappears up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, just like little things like that, you know. It's it's just the the way that it's stylized, you know. Um, I I love to um when Yojimbo first comes to town. And he he goes to the old man to get some food, and that's basically the biggest part of exposition, one of the biggest parts of exposition in the film, right? But it's done in a way that that that's interesting. Right? Well, we, we get exposition at the very beginning because oh, he, the Ojimbo is just walking around, and yeah. he um, comes on the farmer, yes, uh, and the farmer's like. Things don't make it sense anymore, and oh, people only care about money. And the wife's like, you know, whatever, whatever. And he's yeah, like, she's well, just weaving. Give me a little, you know, a little, little water. And this is after we see him have a fight with his son, who runs off to the town. To gamble. And then that is closed up at the end when Yojimbo finally faces off against um, the gambler squad and kills everybody except the one kid, and that kid is. The guy's oh, son. Oh, I didn't realize that's who yeah. it was. Okay, and that makes like, sense. Full circle. Kids shouldn't play with swords. Yeah. Go eat gruel for the rest of your life. Get right. out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He literally cries mommy. That's pretty <laughs> mommy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, it's a noir film, and here's how you know, because the protagonist has to get the crap kicked out of him, mm-hmm. which happens. It does. And so our hero is beat to crap by um, the big guy who, if this was a modern film, he'd have a face off against the big guy. Yes. The big guy just kind of disappears in the fog of war, you know, as the movie goes on. But yeah, um, that's true. But he, he is huge. Yeah, that's yeah. It's he a, is a, a very large the Japanese man. Andre the Giant. Yeah, I was thinking that. But yeah, he, he, is he the one who has the mallet and the yeah, very large, he, intimidating. He's just got a big hammer. Anime mallet. Yeah. <laughs> well, Probably this inspired some animes to be like, hmm, we should have a large wooden mallet. You know, a mallet was a was a legit uh, weapon back then. Yeah, okay, I can see that. I read an uh, American Ninja magazine once. Yeah. And it talked about how one of the weapons of the ninja was uh, a mallet because you could do a lot of things with a mallet. You could um, destroy a bridge. Okay. Which would help you get over water. Yeah, you could, I can if see you were that. strong enough, you it's could just tool. you could just bust ass. Yeah, you could break through a wall. I uh, can see it if, if if you're a big guy, you you want a big, heavy, two handed weapon. And that seven foot tall guy was a big guy. Yeah. So yeah, um, there's that. Um, we we have the the you know over a couple uh, time lapse over a couple days. Um, the Ojimbo um, returns to health, and then it's late in the film, but we establish the. 
there had to be some, you know, photographic techniques here, but we established his um, deadly accuracy with, with a sushi knife. Yeah. Which, which then he fantastic. brings into play because uh, <clears throat> Ryanosuke, not his name in this movie, but it doesn't matter, uh, yeah. is going to like, I'll just shoot you. And yeah. then you know, throws the right thing out. Right in the out. arm. I was that's, like, yes. That's where the kunai comes out. I yeah, know, right, right, right. Yeah. That's freaking fantastic. I loved it. I want to mention fast the, the, the music in this film. Mm-hmm. Which has traditional elements, yeah, but is almost jazz-like. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, there's Absolutely. you know in, there's a hi hat that mm-hmm. that happens yeah. in the final fight, and it just it's just so how did that how did that get <laughs> to Japan? Do you know what I mean? That's like that's we it, talked about that in Sailor New, yeah, right? But it's like Samurai Champloo. Yeah, I know. Right? The way that Samurai Champloo was like, we're gonna do a uh, late aughts uh, samurai show that uses like '90s hip hop mm-hmm. as its inspiration, mm-hmm. and that isn't even original. You go, how original? No, no. Chris, I was using jazz in his 1961 film. I know. It's crazy. It is crazy. Um, it's yeah, it's great. Um. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. There's a bunch of guys I have to kill first. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. And then he, I love that, like, too, when he's like, I need you to go next door and, and, and order a coffin. And he's like, <gasps> and he was like, no, I'm not. But it, then it's the rest of that line. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It's not for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. But it, it, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, uh, yeah, I kind of wish there were more women in it, but it's not really a woman-focused story. So no, you know, there's women in Sword of Doom. Yeah, yeah, they're important too. Okay, so cool. Check that out. <laughs> a film we're not actually covering soon. S- future soon. Future film. Yeah. When co videos goes, goes live okay. for itself. We're we're, we're live now. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Last thoughts. Uh, um, I recommend both of these films. Um, yeah, two bangers. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Um, I think we were saying, was it just last time? Gosh, I really want to watch some good films. Um, yeah, but, thank God we got there. Yeah, I know, right? So hopefully, uh, hopefully the trend will continue. Hopefully it will, and uh, support your local beavers. Come on, people. <laughs> this is a real thing. The The main beaver has been taken over by Bernie Sanders. Look out. Oh, no. All right. That's it. <laughs>